0: Welcome back to Get Real, the podcast where we get real about all of our favourite pop culture movies and TV shows. My name is Sam, this is episode 62, and with me, as always, is my critically acclaimed co-host, because I couldn't think of an intro, Chris. I'm 62 years old. 62? Here we are. It's been 84 years. Back again in the white vans to talk about the white tiger. (laughs) There you go. Step aside, Tiger King. There's a new tiger property on Netflix to occupy everyone's time. And that's all we're talking about today. Also, oh, sorry, also. Also. The there's Golden Globe nominations. Do you remember last year when we did Golden Globe nominations? Like we've yeah. done this for long enough that we're hit, we're hitting our second award cycle. I was thinking about this. It's almost weird to think about. We're talking about something that we talked about last year. It's like wow, that's like a. I think this is like a benchmark, isn't it? It is like award season 2021. Here we we're are. back. It felt like we never stopped takes, talking maybe. about awards. It felt last year that we never stopped talking about awards for a bit and we're back again to do it all over again, albeit this time. February, it's like, just talk about awards the entire time. Yeah, I mean, but this time it feels like there's not a lot in terms of... Anyway, we'll get on to it. Uh, What have you been watching this week, Chris? (laughs) Ooh, what have I been watching? Right, we finished our MCU rewatch. Very good. Because I know last time we recorded, uh, my pizza showed up as (laughs) as I was about to watch Endgame. So we watched End Game. We watched Spider Man: Far From Home. Yeah, we've started re- watching Agents of Shield. So I watched that back in the day. I watched like the first four seasons of it. So we started to just casually watch that every now and again. Um, started to properly watch The Office now. Um, I've also I've started Demon Slayer season one because that's on Netflix now. Okay, I've um, not seen. anything to do with that? Is that the I'm one that's really enjoying it? Is that the one which is about nuns? Am I thinking about the right thing? It's got a nun got nuns in it? No, I'm talking about the anime oh Demon okay, I'm thinking about something else. never mind, oh oh yeah i um, uh, I remember what you're thinking of. it's like. Yeah, it's like a demon nun slayer thing, and she's got that weird tattoo on her back. That was that was, like, a all over re- every social media in like September? Was that like a recreation of the anime, but in live action? No, okay. To do with it, <laughs> never, but never this, mind. demon slayer is the one which movie has just become the highest growth sim movie ever in Japan. So, oh wow. Uh, season one is uh, on Netflix. You've got the original Japanese with subtitles on there or you've got the english dub as well which is what i'm watching at the moment don't sue me it's just easier to watch there you go Um, it's a bit like other things that have got english dubs like money heist is really good and that's an english dub and then you've got lupin which is also apparently really good which is also an english dub do you know what it was actually my nan this week was like oh you need to watch lupin
1: (laughs) it's it's actually it's actually
0: meant to be really good I've heard Do you know what? I've things. I've seen the trailer and I'm like, I'm gonna give it a go at some point. I'm also wondering, did they get the name Lupin from the anime Lupin the Third? Because uh, like it's all about a gentleman thief, isn't it? And that's that's what Lupin the Third is in the anime. Yeah, I mean, he, made by I Hayao Miyazaki. Have, yeah. What's that? Made by Hayao Miyazaki, mm. Lupin the Third, the anime. I can't. That's actually money. just got a new Netflix remake. Mm. I can't rate Money Heist enough, though. If you're into uh, English dubbed film, uh, yeah, TV you keep, shows, and you stuff, keep saying that. I mean, Very I'm good. not really into English dub stuff. Like <laughs> <laughs> with animation, it's a lot easier to do a dub than real life. Like when you can see somebody that's like distinctly like like all the um, Korean shows that are on Netflix, and they've all got English voices to them. You're like, hmm. Mm. <laughs> Your mouth um, um the sounds that I'm hearing are definitely doing two different things right now. You would Whereas with an animation, <laughs> you would be quite excited, quite surprised at how well Money Heist does, though. Like you get to I know, a bit you told where me that. you get to a point where you can't really, you kind of can't then distinguish what's going on. It's yeah, it's pretty good. Anyway, uh, what else have you watched? Um, I think that's, I think that's it. Think that's it. I think that's it. Cool. Yeah. Oh. Oh. I watched. Oh, Godzilla, Jesus. King of Monsters. Oh, you finally watched it, and your reaction was kind of exactly the same as my reaction. <laughs> Do you know what? Like, there's some parts that I really like, but it's all in the third act, and then, but most of the film, I was just there, like, ugh. I kind of felt like I was really wasting my time watching it. Like, I like Ken Watanabe is always great. I hate the fact that they decided to kill him off. But I liked his sacrificial scene because that like had the most like weight this entire series has ever had. Yeah. Um like the way that he's the one setting off the new key like and he's holding the watch that his father gave him when was it the second bomb was dropped on Japan? Mm. Um and so he's there and like Godzilla was like born out of nuclear and everything like that. So it's sort of like the Japanese people like reclaiming the power of the nuclear atom to save Godzilla and save the world. I liked that, but why did you have to kill Ken once and be off? I really um, liked the intro to that film, like the first act where they've got where is it where they they've got King, um, Ghidorah, King Ghidorah in Ghidorah in yeah, in the ice, and they're constantly going back and forward over it, and then. Then you find Mothra and I like all the Mothra stuff in it. Mothra Uh, Mothra was there at the beginning. Yeah. I think Mothra has some of the nicest scenes in it. Like some of the best looking scenes was like all the Mothra stuff. Um, I liked the music in the film, The, uh, the music in the film was great. And the way they brought back all the original films from the original Japanese films, um, and they changed them like, and modernized them. That was great. Um, Feel? I really disliked the first two acts because the human characters in this film are so fucking dull. They flip-flop on the morals all the time, so like you never get a standpoint of where they actually stand because they're flip-flopping all the time. Millie Bobby Brown's character ends up like... It seems like at the end of the film she's trying to commit suicide by a monster attack. Like, but to be honest, if I had parents like those two, I would try and get stomped on by King Ghidorah as well yeah like jesus christ like her parents just need to fucking get the grip just get a grip and get your act together (laughs) oh it was it was just frustrating and the only good fight sequence in the entire film was really like the last one the other ones you couldn't tell what the fuck was happening the the transformers problem yeah yeah um and Because like I like them showing stuff from the ground, but they did that well in the last fight. But in the earlier fights, you just couldn't see fucking anything. You couldn't see anything of the monsters, and it was just like super quickly cut. And like half the shots of the fights were taken from behind the pilot in a cockpit of something, so the pilot's taken up like eighty percent of the screen. Mm. Um, Yeah, I liked the fake out at the end though, where you think King Ghidorah survived everything, Uh, but it's uh, Godzilla's got the head in its mouth. That was pretty good. You think um Anyway. Do you think this has made you more or less excited for Godzilla vs. Kong? So after I watched it, I was less excited for Godzilla vs. Kong. It really put a dampener on it, and then I watched the trailer for Godzilla vs. Kong again. I was like, okay, it seems like it might be better. It's like So I'm I'm hopeful for it. Okay. The people involved in it seem to like Know what they're talking about a bit more than with like Gods and Monsters, I felt sort of like came out and died a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's got a better audience score than critics' score, whereas the 2014 Godzilla had a better critical score than audience score, yeah. But I think the 2014 Godzilla is much better than um, King of the Monsters, yeah. It's pretty fair. You actually like the human characters in the first one, mm-hmm. which considering they spend so long with them, like. The Western Godzilla films just aren't interesting with the human characters normally. Whereas the Japanese ones, like Shin Godzilla, the newest one, like 80% of that film is sat in boardrooms and stuff like that. But it's a really interesting take on uh, Japanese politics. It's a Japanese political movie with Godzilla in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and it's. They, I think we spoke, talking uh, all about natural think we spoke enough about stuff, Godzilla. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, is there anything else other than King of Monsters that you watched? No, that 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 was it. Right. Cool. I watched White Tiger. We'll talk about that. Nice. I watched. I've been watching Vikings. I really yes. enjoyed it. It's pretty good. Um, I've just got to like a big moment in season one. I think it's episode six. I'm on. Um, I like how big stuff happens like throughout. Like it's it's high stakes. Not high stakes, but like big moments all the time in it. Like, um, yeah. like literally, they go... There's all this talk about them going to the West, right? And it's all, obviously, you know, history is a thing. The Vikings did invade. Yeah. Um But it's interesting... Ragnar is actually a documented historical character as well. Oh, uh, Obviously, they've changed a whole lot because there's not many records of him, but the character of Ragnar Lothbrok is apparently a name that we've got from history, and he did invade parts of England. Ah, oh, cool um oh yeah because he's a legendary viking hero mm. Mm. um yeah and yeah it's pretty it's pretty good and like i said the ghost stri- so what was this big moment um oh the bit well i don't want to in case no what it is i can't rem- i can't remember season one see it is like eight years old now oh is it one. is it that old yeah Bloody yeah hell. i'm sure they're on when did it start? Maybe not eight years old, but it's like at least, it's over five years old. Ah, it's the bit where I he fights guess. the Earl. Okay, cool. Yeah, and um, twenty thirteen it started. So yeah, eight years old this year. Oh, jeez, I can't believe I'm only just getting on it. It's really good. Mm-hmm. It's really I haven't good. watched it for a couple of years, so I've got plenty to binge on now. Yeah, I think I caught time. up to where it was airing live, and then I just sort of stopped watching it for a while. So I'll, I'll go back to it now that I've got two seasons. So has it to has it like finished or is it still going? I think this season is the final one. Ah, okay. Uh, yeah, because when you look I think at this, just come back for the second half of season six. Yeah, because when you look at um, like the character, not not the actors' actresses' names, but when you look at the actual characters that they play. Like, Rollo comes up as, like, a, there's actually a statue of him, and he was the first ruler of Normandy in northern France. So, it's quite interesting. Cool. Anyway, this isn't a history podcast. This is a, a one where we're going to talk about films and it's TVs. so cool. And sometimes... Just wait until you get to the first Blood Angel. Oof. Ooh. Yeah, okay. That sounds fun. Um, so, yeah. When we talk about movies and films and TV shows and all that sort of stuff, Chris, sometimes movies have trailers. Yes. Has there been any trailers this week? They do sometimes have trailers. So, we had Coming to America. The sequel to Coming to America has finally got a full-length trailer. Uh, This drops soon, actually. I need to double-check the date. Um, Spoiler alert. It seems like 5% of this film is going to take place in America. (laughs) Um... Oh, I kind of I saw the trailer though, and I was like, okay, it looks like it's going to have funny moments, and I'm excited to see Eddie Murphy do a good comedy like this again with a character that he knows. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to find a release date. I can't see it. it's coming to Amazon Prime though. Hmm. Um. But it is so basically, he finds out that he's got a kid in America, and he goes over to America to bring him back because in the fictional country, I think it's fictional that they come from. Um. Only male heirs can be uh, take the throne, and because he's the oldest son, he should get the throne. Um, so it's going to be sort of like a, will they be able to update with the times and his eldest daughter, who should be the heir, because she's like, like royally the heir with the queen and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, March 5th, 2021, it's going to come out. Should she be the rightful ruler and stuff? Um, some of the jokes feel a little bit too obvious, but I'm excited for it because I do like the original. Yeah, the so, original's really good. So It's probably going to be just, one of the better comedies of the year. Yeah, hopefully they just... Well, I mean, they know what worked with the original, and hopefully they can just follow that through. What other trailers are there? Yeah. Uh, what other trailers are there? we got a trailer for Marvel's Behind the Mask. So I don't think we ended up speaking of this on the podcast because we didn't know fully about it yet. It's a documentary film, I think. I think the trailer said. Um, on Disney Plus about, like, the people behind um, not our favourite characters from the Marvel comic books and stuff like that, but it's sticking mostly to the comic books and uh, like like I said, the people behind it and the people that changed the history of comic books and everything like that. Like, you've got a lot of stuff about Asian representation, female representation, black representation in comic books and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And how Marvel create their characters to make them feel, like, real characters and how why so many people connect with them and um, there's some great quotes in the trailer just from Stanley and Jack Kirby already Um it's pretty cool so that's exciting Um do we have a date for that um, behind the mask uh, not that I can see Nope. no I, I can't see when it's coming out but it's coming out at some point this year later this Hi. month Highly anticipated, though. Oh, there we go. February 12th. I found it on, like, the sixth article I clicked on. February Perfect. 12th. So, literally, so just Less over... than a week away. Um, then, oh boy, did we get a shocking trailer for Cosmic Sin. Oh, I've Bruce seen Bruce Willis is, and Frank Grillo. Did you see it? Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, this. Frank Grillo is in it as well. There's some, like, reasonably known actors in this, but... Fuck me! Did this look like a Z-list movie with (laughs) Bruce Willis in? It's literally just Bruce Willis doing his yearly film that he needs to do to get a paycheck. Um, To begin with, I was like, okay, and then you started to see like half the sets are just random forest (laughs) B with a really obvious green screen effect, or just like bad space CGI. Um, He plays a X. some sort of space military guy in a mech, half-mech suit, like, bioskeleton thing. I don't know. It looked awful. Aliens are trying to invade Earth. Whatever. It reminds me Um, a little bit of... um, What was that film, that sci-fi film that came out that was meant to be really good, but it was, like, a little bit rubbish? I feel feel like it's along the same... I feel like it was along the same breath as like Ender's Game. I don't know whether it was Ender's Game, actually. No, Ender's Game was pretty good. Um, was it Valerian? Um, oh! That's it a, that is a Valerian. waste of a movie. Um, it's nothing like Valerian. <laughs> like Valerian is probably going to be better than this, but that was a waste of a movie, Valerian, let me tell you. um well, Valerian... that's pretty much it. Did lose eighty three point one million. Oh, so. so much. Uh, that was from the guys that made um, Fifth Element, though. Like that should have been good, mm. uh, but it just wasn't. Um, do you remember a couple weeks ago we joked about Willy's Wonderland, the Nicolas Cage film? Oh yeah. So I actually went and watched the trailer this week for it, okay. and l- let me let me ask you if this sounds familiar. So a guy is stuck overnight in sort of like a weird robotics, like fairground, like Chuck E. Cheese type place. And then throughout the night, the animatronics start coming alive and try killing people. And he's stuck by himself to try and survive the night. Five Nights at Freddy's? Does that remind you of anything? Yeah. Yeah, it really does remind you of Five Nights at <laughs> Freddy's. I'm wondering, because that film has gone extremely silent. You know, the Five Nights at Freddy's film, that was meant <clears throat> to be coming out. Yeah. We heard about it like two years ago, and it's gone very silent. And let's be honest, Five Nights at Freddy's is declining as a franchise. Like I think they oversaturated it. They spent too much on marketing and stuff, and people are just outgrowing it because it was the same thing time and time again. So do you reckon that maybe Five at mm-hmm. this was a Five Nights at Freddy's movie, and then they've just kind of rebranded it? I don't think they've rebranded it. I think somebody wrote the script for Five Nights at Freddy's film, and then like, the whichever production company it was or distribution, like, whatever companies behind it, lost faith in it. Watch Studio. Sorry, I meant. Uh, has lost faith behind it, and then they rebranded it as, like, an edgy R-rate. Like, they've got somebody else to rewrite the spec scripts to fit Nicholas Cage in this edgy slasher thing. Mm-hmm. That's what it feels like to me. Like, it really feels like it was a Five Nights at Freddy's film which got axed and turned into almost like how uh 2017's Power Rangers film was like um oh fuck what what's the name of that film now the found footage superhero one with Michael B Jordan and chronicle it felt like chronicle 2 but then they put power rangers on top of it <laughs> like it feels like the reverse of that yeah like it was five nights at freddy's but then they took the five nights of freddy's branding off it there also was anyway. another. There was another trailer as well that I don't think we spoke about called The Courier, which has got Benedict Cumberbatch in it. Oh, we talked about that last week. Oh, did we? How he's trying to play every single major person from World War Two. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is set in Cold War. This one isn't it? The Courier. I, I thought The Courier um, was. Um, is that not the journey of the person who defected from Nazi Germany? No. Or am I getting it all wrong? I don't know what trailer that you've watched, bro. Is it about the Cold War? The the Courier The Courier is the businessman that gets employed by the British Secret Service to smuggle information in and out of Russia during the Cold War. Uh I know what I'm getting mixed up with. There's not I don't know the name of the film, but there is a film there I think there is a film in the works about No, I no. <laughs> Let's carry on, because I've got mixed up with two different things. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> I want to know what film you're talking about now because I feel like I've watched it. <laughs> I'm not. What I'm, what I'm talking about is I've got mixed up because I've recently watched Man in the High Castle and then I thought about Benedict yeah. Cumberbatch in the imitation game which is about the Enigma machine which is why it tied me to his thought that he was playing someone from Nazi Germany who defected and flew over to the UK to make it he like crash-landed in Scotland <sighs> or something like that, whoever this person was. But I then remembered that the reason why I was thinking about that is not because it was an actual film coming out, but it was a story that was quite interesting that I read that was about someone who was in Man in the High Castle that actually turned out... In real life, his character defected against Nazi Germany and then tried to stru- tried to make a peace treaty. With in, real or, or real him. <laughs> in real life, his character or the character but the real-life version of him? In real life, his character or the real-life version of... The actual person he was trying to portray. Okay. In actual World War... Anyway... <laughs> This is a tangent that we don't <laughs> need to go down. Um, I was just thinking out loud. Anyway, there are little bits of news as well as the Golden Globes nominees that we need to chat about. Um, have you got the yeah, story there, Yeah, okay. Lolly, you take it away. You start us off. Um, the f- first one that I just wanted to make some corrections on because uh, we got the full scoop on the Sandman casting. Um, so it's Tom Sturridge is playing Dream, uh, which was the actor that we didn't recognise. He has been in a few things, but like. Nothing that we've really watched. Okay, Um, Gwendolyn Christie is playing Lucifer, which I said. Yes. Which a lot of people are getting butthurt about, which I don't know why, because she looks more like Lucifer than the guy playing Lucifer in the Netflix show at the moment. Yeah. Also, Lucifer in the DC Comics is based off David Bowie, who is gender fluid and looks a lot more like Gwendolyn Christie than anybody else in the acting business right now. Nobody got pissed off when... Julian uh, Anderson played David Bowie and loads of other people in um, uh, American Gods. So, why are people getting pissed off about Gwendolyn Christie? She's a great fucking actress. Yeah, she is fantastic. Uh, we got Vivian. Oh, I'm going to butcher this name now. Ak- Akia Pong uh, is playing uh, Lucienne, the Librarian of Dreaming. we got Charles Dance has been cast in it. Which oh, okay. We love a bit of Char's Dance. Um, playing Roderick Burgess, uh, the charlatan and magician. Yes. Um, uh, we've got. The game begins. Uh, Sam Vive. <laughs> literally the, mo- the most game begins guy. Literally at the end of Gods and Monsters, he does the game begins thing again. He does. He hell. absolutely does. Yes. <laughs> He's just. Like, he was so wasted in that film, and I thought he had died. And then he came back in the post-credits <laughs> and I was like, oh, he's here for the Game Begins section of the film. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> Buying King Ghidorah's head. Anyway, we got got uh, Samviv uh, Beskar playing Khan, the first Predator. Uh, sorry, Kane, not Khan. Um, so two of the characters are based off the biblical characters, Kane and Abel. So then we got Asim Chundri playing Abel as well, who is the first victim. So in the Bible, um... I think it was in the Bible Cain uh, kills his brother Abel and buries him in the front garden but uh, Abel is able to be reborn every night and stuff like that so he just keeps killing him and burying him like whenever they have a dispute mm-hmm. um, so they are two um, Asian British actors that you'll recognise from loads of stuff um, and then we got Boyd Holbrook like you said, he's playing the Corinthian Corinthian, sorry um an Escaped Nightmare. I do remember the Corinthian storyline from the comic books. It's pretty cool. Um, no mention of Taron Edgerton. Not Taron Edgerton. Who was it? It was Taryn Edgerton. Was it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, no mention of him in the casting. Hmm. He's clearly playing so... someone who's a big character then. Possibly. He might be playing one of the other entities of like these beyonder entities, like Dream and Death, and all that sort of stuff. I want to know who's being cast as Death, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Dream's sister, because she is probably my most favourite character from the books, other than Dream. Anyway, cool. yep, yeah, that's the casting confirmed as to what roles they're playing. That's been tweeted out by Neil Gaiman himself. So perfect, right? Uh, from yeah. the DC camp, uh, we do quickly need to talk about a little bit of a tease that we got. Uh, from the Snyder Cut, because the Snyder Cut is very much around the corner for us now, what did feel like a million years away. Um, we got a little tease photo, didn't we, of uh, Jared Leto's Joker. Now, it's we a very did. blurry photo where he's literally holding up a Joker card. Uh, it's black and white, and he's blurred out into the background. Um, but Zack yep. Snyder t. Te- tweeted this out saying amazing character you created. Honoured to have our worlds collide. At David Ayer Movies. At Jared Leto. Hmm. He looks different. He does look different. He does. He looks like he's uh, a bit more um, Joaquin Phoenix inspired slash um, Dark Knight. A bit more traditional Jokerish. Yeah. A bit more Dark Knight inspired kind of thing with the long kind of slicked back hair. Like the the makeup's so, very much the Joker makeup in terms of how it looks a little bit more clown esque than the Yeah. Yeah. The grin definitely looks bigger. Um and the original photographer of this has posted the colour version online as well. He's wearing like the purple latex gloves that we see from like the Aya cut and stuff like that. Um and it is definitely like more of a red smile going up his cheeks a little bit. Ah, uh, okay. And and green hair. Um but he is sort of like longer, like you said bit more walking Phoenix-y. Mm. It's quite interesting. I, I'm I'm pretty much quite excited for the Snyder Cut now. Just because there's all this stuff in the Justice League that we've not seen. And I think it's going to be very, very, very different. So, anyway, it's exciting. It's exciting like to see. Like our other story that we are 100, 200, a million percent confirmed that Marshall Manhunter is going to be in this film now. And he's going to be a fully CG character. Yes. I was pretty certain that this had already been leaked out that Martian Manhunter was going to be in it because Zack Snyder had tweeted like photos of Martian Manhunter like not clearly well, of him well the actor yeah, yeah. we'd had pictures of the actor aren't we the guy playing John Jones not not the big green Martian version of him but mm. is like 200% confirmed also the actor who's portraying him is like now trying to push fans to like bug Warner Brothers for a Martian Manhunter film because he wants to be Martian Manhunter properly mm. um yes the other thing also, I've also heard of sorry, DC. well sorry just dead quick is that the Joker appearance that we might be getting is actually something from the nightmare scenes um that Bruce oh, okay. has so that would be really cool if it was like a really old like because obviously he's like a bit more of a an older Bruce Wayne it'd be cool mm-hmm. if it's like flashbacks to that and you could just see a different Joker altogether. That'd be pretty pretty sweet, but um, yeah, I've heard that it might be because it's in nightmare flashbacks or whatever, well, nightmare would be flash forwards, wouldn't they yeah that that would be it the nightmare timeline, sorry, yeah, either way, though, it's excited to see and it we we kept saying as well it would be nice to see a different person's take on the Jared Letos joker, mhm. So, yeah, definitely excited for that. Have you got the description? Oh, I've got the description here. I just scrolled down in our our iMessages and found it. So we got a a blurb, a synopsis for the Suicide Squad. Yep. Um, So I'll read this off. Welcome to Hell, a.k.a. Bell Rave, the prison with the highest mortality rate in the U.S. of A. Uh, where the worst supervillains are kept and where they will do anything to get out, even join a super-secret, super-shady Task Force X. Uh, Today's do-or-die assignment, assemble assemble a collection of cons including Bloodsport, Peacemaker, Captain Boomerang, Ratcatcher 2, Savant, King Shark, Blackguard, Javelin, and everyone's favourite psycho, Harley Quinn. Then arm them heavily and drop them literally on the remote enemy-infused island of Corto Maltese. So I like how I it uses that's... the word "enemy-infused" because mm. we're thinking the, Starro is uh, the the villain, aren't we? Yeah. So and I keys like, like fuse into people's faces. So yeah. smart choice of words. I think that is com- like double confirming like who the main team that we're going to follow is. So if the character wasn't named there. Expect to see them get killed off very quickly in the film. Oh, do you reckon that will also mean that King Shark gets killed off? No King Shark's in that list. Oh, was he? Oh, sorry, i I yeah. missed that. So you've got Bloodsport, Peacekeeper, Captain Boomerang, Ratcatcher 2, Savant, King Shark, Blackguard, Javelin, and um Harlequin. So Weasel's definitely getting killed. <laughs> so Weasel's getting killed off, which will save <laughs> him a lot of budget on CGI. Um. also one of the interesting things that I noticed here is because of all the other photos that we've been getting lately Polka Dot Man's been in most of the images but he's not on that list so mm. I reckon there's a chance that both teams might get dropped onto the island and then like you'll lose quite a few of them in like the opening skirmish maybe they'll storm the beaches like almost like Normandy and a load of them will get killed off and then one by one they get picked off until like the third act and then we've got our main ensemble team. Yeah, they just get stars to the face and taken out. Starfish, <laughs> death by starfish. Death by starfish. Definitely. Uh, while could we're on imagine the topic, King Shark being turned by a starfish. Ouch. Ouch, ouch, Maybe maybe you have to try I would have to be a mighty big starfish though to be fair. <laughs> I mean, Starro is like the size of a building. So maybe Starro could take over King Shark. That'd be pretty cool. you just crush King Shark if he's the size of a building. Anyway, while we're talking about DC as well with Justice League, it is now officially rated R, so you can't. You know, it's yep. not. This ain't your. This ain't your grandma's For Justice League violence. Mmm. Joker violence, nightmare violence, dark side violence. I Whoosh. think it's just going to be all around violence. Just Batman like. violence. Yeah, we're adding the blood sprays back in there. Yeah, we're not cutting away from shit. Batman's it's gonna be like the just. Shoot more people and... Yeah, what I was thinking was um, it's going to be more like the Blu-ray version of Batman vs. Superman where he throws a guy into a wall and it's just a big blood spray from his head. Oh, yeah. Brutal. (laughs) But that's what... That's Um... the the universe that this is in, right? So you can't complain about the fact that that's not how Batman should be. The Batman in Uh... this universe, in Earth-1-1-whatever, is like this, so... Yeah. Um... Marvel News or have we got anything else DC? Uh, I've got another couple of quick, uh, do, you to, do you want me to just do some couple of odd news stories before we round up with Marvel News? Uh, Yeah, can do. Um, Dustin Diamond, I'm sure you heard about this. Saved by the Bell, he passed uh, away at 44 years old. Oh yes, sorry, I didn't recognise the name. Yeah, he um, passed away from stage 4 lung cancer, which is sad. Yeah, apparently it was rather sudden as well. Um, yeah, it's sad. Yeah, forty four is too young, way too young. Yeah, um, he's been in and out of the headlines a little bit too much recently. Like, I yeah. don't know what was going on there. Um, and then also, Matrix Four. Yeah. Oh, name sorry. has leaked. Okay, what's it called? Uh, Matrix Resurrection. Resurrection. So, um, Get the fuck up, samurai. one of the makeup <laughs> we got a city, si- we got a simulation to burn. <laughs> um, so one of the makeup artists posted this on their Instagram and their Twitter, um, saying that, um, they were all given like these jackets and like tracksuits and stuff like that with, um, like Japanese scripts down it, um, and this was like like, oh, we're going to write it in Japanese so nobody knows what it says unless they translate it. Or um, so it Japanese. Translates to um They even hashtag Matrix. Uh, oh, no. So somebody's translated it, and then that's where the hashtag started from, Matrix Resurrection. So I'm going to guess this is how we're going to get like, Neo, Trinity, and all of them back because Trinity died, didn't she? So hmm. we're going to see at least two dead characters come back. Interesting. all uh, resurrected, so to speak. Yes. Uh, American um, Horror Story Season 10 has just begun filming with the working title of Pilgrim. It's got Sarah Paulson, Kathy Bates, Lily Rabe. Um, Evan, so they're all coming back. Yeah, Evan Peters. The usual suspects. Finn Wittrock, Leslie Grossman, Adina Porter, Angelica Ross, Billy Lord, and Macaulay Culkin. Oh, okay. Billy Lord and Macaulay Coken have been added to the cast. I haven't watched it for a few seasons now, but... now, Like, the first, like, ten names that you rattled off them were all usual suspects for yeah. American Horror Story. Interesting. Bring Macaulay um, Culkin back into it. It's not a bad little shout for something like that. Maybe. Uh, make him play something creepy. Hmm. Um, two movies and a series about the GameStop... Stop... St- surges are in the work. You sent me this one. Yep. Uh... <laughs> Okay, <laughs> uh, here's what I said. Uh, this is what I responded with. How? The story isn't anywhere near done. And I was like, this isn't a series. This is a 30-minute news report at most. I think it's pretty much done now. I think it's kind of tailed off. The stock price has dropped suddenly, like really dramatically again. Blasted. Yeah, it's... uh, it, But, 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 but. I mean, maybe it's not going to be a true representation of what happened maybe they can just dramatize it they'll have it a bit like the social network where bloody uh yeah but like that was like a year years long sprawling thing and like it was about the birth of a whole company it wasn't just about a two-day stock surge jesse like, eisenberg it's not like the, sitting it's there not gonna on... be the next big short is it like well, jesse eisenberg <laughs> sitting there on wall street bets discord being like hold the line hold the line uh... <laughs> It's just not worth a story. It's like, it's. I think that was just like a headline that came out. I'll be honest. Um, it probably depends on who they cast in it and if if it makes it interesting or not. Is I think it's the same thing as the Tiger King one, but that's gone very silent as well, hasn't it? It has gone very silent. But Nick Cage did do a fantastic series in the History of Swear Words. So you know what? I'm actually down for watching him, Mr. Tiger King. um next story so we've mentioned this a couple times now we almost did an episode of long-awaited sequels that we wanted to see and i had cloverfield on there and it was going to be like my little trump card it's like ah yes but we haven't had a direct sequel to the original anyway apparently 13 years later cloverfield 2 may finally be happening now is it going to be found footage uh, we don't know yet. So there was a load of legal rights when uh Bad Robot was signed to an exclusivity deal with Warner Media, but Paramount still had rights to the Cloverfield franchise, but the rights were also tied up with Bad Robot. Mm-hmm. So, like, this is why we haven't had anything since Paradox. Do you remember how after Paradox came out, like, they announced like two other films were coming? And then they just sort of like disappeared. Mm-hmm. Um WarnerMedia have now got the rights to Cloverfield and have said that there's going to be a new Cloverfield film, which apparently the Roost Loomers at the moment are saying that it's going to be a direct sequel to the original. Hmm. Bro, do you remember when the first Cloverfield came out and it was like such a big deal at the time? Like people hyper analysing all the footage of like the monsters and stuff, and at the end, and there was all this kind of. like, just... The reason was as well, like it had an insane online, like viral marketing campaign. So like they were making like these cryptic websites and everything like that for it. You know, almost like what Blair Witch and stuff like that had done before, and like Cannibal Horror, uh, uh, Cannibal Holocaust, and stuff like that, where like they put it out there and like, oh, it's a real thing that's actually happened, and stuff like that. So mm. like they made it, and it was like early days of like meme culture and and like deep dark web stuff on like and people getting involved in all sorts of cryptics on the internet and stuff Mm -hmm. so like it did insane and it did catch uh, so much attention like i remember for our generation as well because like i think was it a 12 or a 15 that one and this was what 13 years ago so 2007 so we were like just entering high school and I don't think most of us were probably old enough to go see it, but like mm. this was like the first like, oh, let's go see a like, horror film in the cinema and stuff like that. So I know it captured our generation as well. Yeah, it was absolutely sure. massive. When it came out, it was the only thing I heard about in school for like four years. Yeah, literally. literally. Um, Marvel News? I love it. Um, yeah. Yep. Yep, yep. I was just double-checking, but yep, yeah. yep, yeah. Marvel News. Um, so, if you've not seen our social posts yet, um, we've had our first behind the scenes looksies at Thor: Love and Thunder. Woo! Looks very interesting. So, yeah, we are getting a full-on '90s costume for Thor. Um, I sent this in the chat. Is it the Thunderstrike outfit? I believe so. Yeah, '90s. Believe so. Um, it's basically but with a sleeveless red leather jacket. And that's exactly what we've seen on set of him. Mm-hmm. Um, Peter Quill has some new armour. Nebula looks like she's had a few changes to her outfit as well. But, 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 but... I'll let you take and it away. No, not, the picture, not, the, not, the, not the picture of Chris Hemsworth, but in very tight 80s jeans. The butt that I'm thinking of is... One of these shots had a, like, giant, like, animatronic of what looks, to me, like a huge white goat. And straight away, like, I I was on this straight away texting you just there like, Bruh! Do you understand? So, in Norse mythology, um, Thor has two goats that pull his chariot throughout the cosmos. Um, and their names are, let me double check... They are uh which translate to teeth bearer or teeth snarler and tang tang uh, trying to pronounce it with that NJ in there um Tangonzny which is teeth yeah. grinder. Because um, mm. it's like Mjolnir is like the MJ is like nyol. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> um, so Thor's going to ride too so Oh, they're going to pull his chariot. Yeah, I don't know if we're going to get the chariot, but I reckon we might have him ride in a giant goat into battle at some point. Um, what's more, nineties. Eh? If I mean they they've been bringing this back as late as like two years ago, um, and we were talking about the unworthy Thor storyline which was like when he lost the hammer and Jane, Fonda became, uh, Jane Foster um, became Thor and in the beginning of that he's got Um, um like he's literally just riding him on the moon <laughs> um, so yeah I could definitely see that I could definitely see it uh, <laughs> we also get um, Sean Gunn back as his character who I can't remember his name of um, but he's got Yondu's Finn probably installed and everything now, so he's going to be probably a permanent member of the Guardians now in this. So that's fun. Yeah. Um, like, the outfits are so out there that it has to be with TT production. Yes. It looks fun. If we're getting giant goats and crossovers galore. Also, I've got a new story in front of me here, which has just been posted. Fat Thor uh, is still going to appear in the film. Uh, they'll have um, in Despite what montage. we've seen. <laughs> it's either gonna be some sort of magic thing or it's gonna be a time jump. I reckon. Maybe he uh sees bloody Jane Foster again and then he's like, Oh no, I've really let myself go. Oh no, she's become lady for <laughs> oh no, I need to sort my shit out. And she's not like become a, Lady Thor, she's just become Thor. Sorry. And people will yes, get pissed Thor. at you about it. Like, it's not, it's not Lady Thor. But, uh, you even sent that clip, didn't you, for the screenshot in the chat? Yeah. But, um, yeah, maybe it's him, like, having to, like, burn the weights and use, you know, and stuff like that. Anyway, um, there's another yeah. story, big story, coming in from the MCU camp, isn't there, about Wakanda? Oh, yes. So, um... Do you want to take this one? Do you want to take this one while I refresh my memory? Yeah, sure. So basically, Disney Plus, Ryan Coogler, I believe, has been headed to do a Wakanda-based TV series for Disney Plus. Yeah, that's an exciting time. Uh, There's not really much else in terms of details about it. I'm assuming Black Panther 2 is still happening because it's in the slate. But um, yeah, Um, we're also going to get a Wakanda Disney TV Disney Plus series, which That's is excellent. I think good. I'm it, hoping. Yeah, go on. Now I was just going to say, like a lot of people have always talked about how they'd like to see more of Wakanda, and Wakanda's really fleshed out as a city from what we see in the MCU stuff. So I've guessed plenty of stories in Wakanda that you can tell because of all the different tribes and stuff like that as well. Yeah, well it's an entire country. So what I'm hoping is that we could see like some of these other characters, like Lupita Nyong'o's character. And uh, like the uh, Dara Melage and stuff like that. I'm hoping we can like get more with their characters and stuff. And um, Daniel. I know who you mean. The uh, guy from. Daniel Kalula. Is it Daniel Okoye? The guy Uh, from Get Out. Is that who you're thinking of? Yeah? Yes, it is. That guy? Uh, I'm trying to. Oh, it is Daniel Kalula. I got it right. I I doubt myself, and I didn't want to get it wrong and just leave on, like, the wrong note. (laughs) That would have just been super disrespectful. Um, And get, like, Winston Duke back in there as well, as Mbongo. Mm. Any other Um, stories from the MCU camp? um, 45 minutes in and we Um, haven't talked about the main topics yet. (laughs) Wow. Um, uh, uh, Spider-Man is wearing a full CGI mo-caption suit. Which he normally only does when he's wearing the Iron Spider suit, but a lot of people are suggesting that maybe it's an all new suit entirely. Uh, Maybe if he's going multiverse hopping or something, maybe he's got some like Doctor Strange infused suit or something. Um, uh, What else? Oh, WandaVision has been confirmed to have a Luke Skywalker equivalent cameo uh, towards the end of the season. And so Captain America returning Infinity Gems. Yes, yes. She brings Captain America back from the dead. Um, um Yeah, you're throwing me off my scent now, what was I saying? <laughs> uh, that was a very disconcerted uh, um that you did the, uh, That was like the, I've lost where I'm up to. Um <laughs> Yeah, and I also just realised that I'd named Winston Duke's character from uh, Black Panther wrong. <laughs> but oh well. Um Oh jeez, uh, i can't think tonight my head is mushed um, well there's going to be a big paul bettany said Wonder it's vision. an actor that is uh, yeah paul bettany said it's an actor that he's always wanted to work with like a uh, like a high stakes actor um we have some theories as to who it could be um i think the obvious one would be dr strange because this leads into dr strange and the multiverse of madness directly um, and the showrunner of One Division knows what happens in Spider-Man Three and Doctor Strange Two, so that they can link all together. But it's got. A, but that that would surely mean that it's somebody that he's not worked with before, right? If it's saying that it's someone he's always wanting to work with. Well, he he's never been in a scene before with Benedict Cumberbatch, and I haven't seen anything outside of the MCU that they've worked on together. Okay, so potentially um, there's so a good it would chance be that... on screen acting time. Yeah, but I don't feel like that would be like luke skywalker worthy no i don't think so um so there's been some other theories floating around the internet about this so it could always be a quicksilver coming back or maybe uh evan peter's quicksilver coming back i don't think that's allowed that that's not something that paul bettany will come out and be like i'd always want to work with this actor though well maybe like aaron taylor johnson maybe um maybe he's a good actor Okay, so this one's out there. Um, Patrick Stewart announced a while ago that he did meet with Kevin Feige um, and was discussing things to do with Professor X and stuff. Okay, Um, but he says that he said goodbye to the character in Logan and he doesn't want to come back as the character again. Whether we get like a small little multiverse thing or it's like a different version of um, Professor X, and that maybe that would be a thing. That would be like a like like a Luke Skywalker appearing moment also it could be like a Wolverine or a Magneto or something maybe reveal mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the leading one that I kind of hope it is now somebody said this um, I can't remember who said it online on YouTube what if it's Tobey Maguire oof and this leads directly into Spider-Man 3, and it's, like, the first, like, she fractures the multiverse and things start to bleed together. Because you think about it, like, young Luke Skywalker was, like, the original... Like, he was, like, the first character that we got to know in Star Wars and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, he like he is, like, what the original Star Wars character that people think of. So him coming back in The Mandalorian was, like, getting, like, the original actor back in it. Like, like it's such a momentous occasion getting, like, the like Lee's character from those trilogy uh, from the original trilogy. So like what's the first Marvel trilogy or property that people think about? It's normally Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. So bringing him back would be like the same level as bringing back a young Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. That's how it feels in my mind. Interesting. I guess it's a case of waiting and seeing, right? And seeing what happens. Yeah. But it it, it, now that they've overhyped it this much... What if it, it is Mark Hamill? What if it is Mark Hamill playing somebody? <laughs> <laughs> They're playing Luke Skywalker. <laughs> yeah. What if it was? The Marvel... Uh, the Star Wars universe is one of the multiverses. <laughs> um, also, Paul Bettany revealed that an uh, uh, end credits scene from Endgame got taken out of Endgame, but we might see it repurposing here, which... Um, Vision is in a body bag in like a morgue and Wanda goes to get his body, which might lead to how he's resurrected and how she has his body or something. We've seen shots from a trailer. Why would you have in a body bag in a morgue? He's an android. Uh, well, the, the theory is, do you remember in episode four when the leader of S.W.O.R.D. was saying that they're now working on AI, nanotech and robotics all three of those things are what made up vision ai robotics and nanotech uh okay so maybe it was like they had his body in a body bag because he, he is like almost human as well he's got like fake human tissue um as built from that um cradle device from age of ultron um so and obviously like he was human to them like he had a consciousness and everything and he was a member of the team that died so they would have gave him respect and put him in a body bag and stuff like that mm-hmm. um and like it could be like a sword lock up so maybe they got like dead scrolls and stuff in there so maybe it's like a sword compound and they've just got like loads of like bodies of aliens and shit like that and he's in one of those drawers and wonder got it from there maybe maybe uh but we've seen we've seen a clip of wonder in like a room with like loads of like drawers up the wall you know almost like a mortuary so mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. interesting is that it in terms of news uh, yeah, yeah, you have more, don't you? But you, you're looking at how long we've been recording for, and you're like, no, yeah, yeah. It's it's just like it's just like small little bits that don't like we've hit the main shit now. We've, we've talked about the stuff that we need to talk about. Okay, brilliant. The stuff's uh, just there, like, oh, do you want some salt? Do you want some seasoning? Okay, now let's swiftly move on because uh, we're 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 pushing for time, uh, man. super speedy Golden Globes. We are certainly pushing our episode time a lot higher recently, yes. aren't we? We're just yeah chatting for days. Chatting and chatting and chatting. Okay, Golden Super Globes, Sweetie. right, we're not going to go through Golden every Globes. single one of these nominations no, like no. we did last time. Absolutely no. not. Because to be quite honest with you, when we talk about the Golden Globes, not a lot has really come out this year to be able to, last nope. year, to be able to really talk about. And that's probably the biggest thing about the Golden Globes this year, for 2021 is that there's not of massive variety of stuff the biggest thing I think for me that's been making an appearance in a lot of these nominations are you know a lot more than what it maybe it would have done had it been a maybe a normal year for cinema and definitely not one of them but Trial of Chicago 7's um, mentioned quite a lot uh, which is a good good film we've spoken about it before Uh, and the we said we wanted to see it nominated so this is definitely good yeah, and the Barat subsequent movie film as well, the Barat number 2, yep. um, that's been mentioned a lot, and Sasha Baron Cohen's come out uh, just saying that he's overwhelmed and humbled um, by the fact that it's both been rec- both of those films have been recognised. Uh, he paid tribute to the creative teams that led and supported both of the films, uh, and he also said that if they don't win, he's going to hire Rudy Giuliani to contest the results. Yeah. So he's, he's nominated for Best Supporting Actor for Trial of Chicago 7 and Best Lead Actor in Musical or Comedy for Borat. So yeah. he's up for two different acting awards in two different categories. Like, if that's terms, not a actor, I don't know what is. No, and in terms of the films as well, like uh, Trial of Chicago 7, Best Motion Picture for Drama, uh, Borat's subsequent movie film, Best Motion Picture for Comedy or a Musical. Uh, you've then yeah. also got um, the, is up for Best Director, uh, Trial of Chicago 7. It's also up for Best Screenplay uh and i think if i'm not mistaken oh um uh, maria bakalova who is um barat's daughter in the movie in barat 2 uh, she's up for best yep. actress uh comedy or musical uh obviously he's up for best uh, performance for an actor for comedy musical as you said Um uh, you've also got yeah best supporting actor for motion picture uh, and then also best original song in motion picture. has got Trials Chicago 7 on it as well. So that's that seems to be quite a common um, appearance. Another one, another film that's making quite a lot of appearances in this is Mank, um, which I've not watched. It's the Gary mm-hmm. M. Oldman film uh, but he's up for best performance by actor for motion is picture. Fincher. Yep, and it's also up for best supporting actress, which is Amanda Seyfried. Seyfried? Seyfried? Seafried. Uh She's up for yeah. that. And it was also, yeah, up for best motion picture as well. So, so yeah. another one that I wanted to talk about quickly, Viola Davis and Chadwick Boseman are both up for best performance for actor and actress, respectively, um, in a drama for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Mm-hmm. I reckon, looking at this category, Chadwick Boseman might win this in memoriam. yeah. yeah. He's going up against Riz Ahmed for The Sound of Metal, Anthony Hopkins for The Father, Gary Oldman for Mank, and Tamar Rahim for The Mortician. Yeah, I think it's... Well, Mortinian. It's hard, isn't it? No, because why would you ever put Chadwick Boseman into this category for him to not win it based on the circumstances? Yeah, I mean, it would still be a sign of respect. Like, we understand that like, he had an amazing performance... And we like the way they've split it into different categories, like they have more opportunity to nominate more people. Mm. So even if he doesn't win, it would still be respectful to his performance in it to nominate him. I'm, um, I would be, but like... it would maybe if this in memoriam, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe if he wasn't in this category and there wasn't, you know, my Rainey's black Bob, if that if there was four contestants in this category, I would probably say Riz Ahmed has an incredible performance in sound of metal like Mm -hmm. the fact he plays somebody that's deaf um and you see that happen and he's just this over the top like he just reacts in ways and like he's learned sign language and stuff for the film and the way the film portrays the character that he plays in there just really good um but i like say i think it's probably i think chadwick boseman's probably going to take the award here to be honest Um, i don't know if Iola davis would win her category because there are uh some other great performances there vanessa kirby for pieces of a woman and francis mcdormand for no- nomadland and nomadland seems like it might like get quite a few awards this year because that seems to be the only film that people are talking about yeah um um super quick then uh we have uh, three female quite- directors Okay, yeah, sorry, go on, you do that first. Three female directors nominated for um, Best Pictures. Mm -hmm. So you've got um, Emerald Fennell. She actually played Camilla Parker Bowles in The Crown. I did not realise that she was also a director, but she's the director of Promising Young Woman. Mm -hmm. Um, Then you've got uh, Regina King, who's also an actress. Um, She's nominated for One Night in Miami. And then you've got Chinese director Chloe Zhao, uh, who is up for Nomadland. Mm. So I think this is the first time we've ever had three female directors up for Best Picture Award. That's cool. Or, well, well, Best uh, Best Director Award, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, which is pretty pretty phenomenal, to be honest. Definitely. Um, Another couple of uh, appearances that come up quite a few times uh, in terms of TV series, you've got Shit's Creek comes up quite a bit, which everyone yeah. kind of is raving about at the minute. Uh, Ozark comes up a lot a Netflix TV series that I've never watched yeah. um, but that's, that's one of the originals that's been on for quite a while Vince um, Gambit is up for Annie Taylor-Joy I yeah. don't think anybody's surprised by that No, uh, Mandalorian's up for best television series let's go let's go <laughs> get it in uh, um, there mand- a reckon... few snubs that a lot of people are talking about what's that? Uh, no to 5 Bloods oh yeah that's true anywhere uh, no Better Call Saul uh, no there is Better Call Saul uh, well it's not in nominated for best performance for yeah actor. but it's not in, up, up for best drama like the show isn't nominated he's is nominated the, the thing is is about better call saul is it's definitely him not the actual show itself the reason you're watching okay i i do uh, i get i get why people aren't happy about it but it, the credit would go to him to be honest yeah yeah um, and a, another one of the films that everybody has been saying is one of the best films of the year is Minari. And Steven Yeun and the entire cast, none of them have been nominated for anything in the acting categories. Um, but the film is nominated for Best Foreign Language Film. Yeah. Uh, which, considering it's shot and it's a US production as well, uh, is kind of surprising that it's not maybe mentioned in any of the top movies. Um, Motion pictures or anything like that. It's not Best Motion Pictures, Borat, Hamilton. Oh, sorry, for musical or comedy. Borat, Hamilton, Music, Palm Springs, Prom. Um, mm. It's not like we're going to get Best Motion the... Picture Drama, The Father, Mank, Nomad Land, Promising Young Woman and Child, of Chicago 7. It's not nominated amongst them, but it is in foreign language. Yeah, we're not going to get another Parasite situation this year, I don't think. No. Uh, Best Picture is now 10 nominations in the Oscars, so it's possible that it might get an Oscar nod as maybe like the 10th place, but I Mm. don't think it would win necessarily because it's not got quite as much buzz as Parasite did. Yeah. Um, Um, Soul is in there for Best Animated Picture, and I think, because I've seen Onward, which is also in there, I've not seen Over the Moon, Wolfwalkers, or The Croods, but I think Soul would take it away Probably. based on how impressed I was by Pixar soul, normally win these ones yeah um, uh, also Hamilton is nominated for a lot so uh, best motion picture musical or comedy best performance of a leading actor uh, music and stuff like that um, but apparently it's not going to be nominated for Oscars because it is just a filmed version of the stage performance Uh Golden Globes have said, yeah, we'll nominate it, whereas Oscars are saying that it doesn't meet the criteria because it's it's a stage performance, it's not a movie. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting. M- it's an interesting way of looking at it. Yeah. I just thought it was something to. Because it, it, it's nominated for every category it can be nominated for. Yeah. <laughs> In the Golden Globes, and it's not going to be up for any. So I think that's that's that covered. Yeah, i think so and not until i think what's going to be more interesting is the actual results i think right now yeah. we can just see it is not a surprise that a lot of the stuff in here is 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 in here considering that we've not had much released over the last year mm-hmm. um i think maybe next year's golden globes is going to be quite interesting and next year's award season is going to be quite interesting when we have all these films that were delayed and being released and you know and stuff Definitely. throughout throughout uh 2021 so um, yeah I think that's pretty much that wrapped up shall we move on to our film of choice for this week I think we should and it the is White The White Tiger a Netflix movie executively <laughs> produced by Ava vena yep directed by Rami and uh, Bahari mm-hmm. bah- bah- Bahani um yeah so um shall we go shall we just talk about the film generally and then we'll kind of talk about what happens in the film and spoil it a little bit um yeah just, uh, just off the top then, to then i'll give out. it a super quick overview and um, this was meant to be a theatrical film but obviously 2020 happened so netflix swiped it up and released it uh, which is good that we still got to see it this year mm-hmm. um Um, a rich Indian family's ambitious driver uses his wits and cunning to escape from poverty and rise to the top as an entrepreneur yes it is based on the novel uh, named the same The White Tiger by Aravind Adiga yeah so what I will say about this film is the performances are pretty good the lead actor in it um uh, no, I feel like I'm just gonna butcher these names, and I really apologize to everyone involved. Um, Adarish, Adarsh Gurav. There you go. You, you can you can say these names. Okay, <laughs> you are a million times more. I, like, have, totally gonna nail I have I have twenty five percent Indian heritage. I'll have you now. So I didn't want to mention off. it. <laughs> it rolls up. I didn't want to say. It. <laughs> I, I, do you know what? I was like, I was like, I went to say it, and then that's why I just said you're more qualified. I didn't want to be like. There is Sam's a bit Indian. Sam will say it. <laughs> there is absolutely no problem with that. That is absolutely fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I didn't, I didn't know if you wanted to talk about it because, do you know what? I was, I was thinking when I watched it because it's something that I always forget about you because we never speak about it or mention it at all. Yeah, and I didn't realize, I didn't know if this might have, like, you might have had any more insight in this. Uh, like, obviously, I know you don't have like strong ties to like Indian. Like, it's not like you've got like a huge Indian family that you no. speak to all the time and stuff. No, no, so, no. It, like, I, I just didn't know if maybe like you thought something different about this film because you have got, like, you said, 25% Indian. The- <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, like it's things that like I've spoken to my grandma about and stuff. And like yeah. she's talked about her heritage because she's gone on and done like big, like, find your ancestry stuff and all that. Um yeah. But yeah, it's um, there's parts of this that, from what I've been told, like the 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 sides of poverty that are represented in here. Even though some of it's quite mm-hmm. humorous, it's you know, it's it's some some parts of it are are filmed to come across quite humorous, like with the the grandma. Yeah, it's and definitely stuff. satirical. It's yeah. like darkly satirical. Yeah, um, but it's pretty. You know, it's pretty. That's the way things are over there. It's it's very much like that it's very much like mm-hmm. how um ashok who is um, Rajkumar rao um the like the the you know the the one that looks after balram during the the film yeah. um how he's gone over to america and come back and he's very much like a different like looks at things very differently um mm-hmm. you know it's 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 it's, a, it's that cultural divide between what we know yeah. and how things are over there very much focused around family. That's how things like that are. Um, it yeah, it does a good job of representing it, and it does a good job of representing stuff like that without trying to, uh, without trying to kind of fluff it up, if you get me. Without yeah. without trying to make it not seem as crazy as what it actually is, it just does it a little bit with a bit of satire. So yeah, yeah. I think it's um, it's a good uh. Yeah, I quite like the film. Um, I mean, you were talking about the act- the actors and actresses uh, before we moved on mm-hmm. to that. So you've got Adarsh Gurav as Balram. He's the, the kid. He is the white tiger that you see in the trailer. Uh, you've got Priyanka yeah. Chopra, who plays Pinky, uh, and Rajkumar Rao, who plays... Um, I didn't realise Ch- that was her name in the film. Uh,
1: <laughs> yes, she calls her Pinky all Pinkie. the way
0: through. Yeah, uh, and you've got another couple of people in there as well. Um yeah um i think I mean, the lead actor in this was great to carry this film yeah um because he does carry this film um like he is in every scene like he he's the narrator of the film um yeah. and he really does carry <laughs> it i think his performance was great um and like just a lot of subtle things that he did like like in quick like flashes of the camera and stuff he was able to like put a lot of feeling and like you could see changes in the character really well with just like sometimes just like a slight glimpse of a smile when something was happening you could see that his character was changing yeah he was he hasn't had like a great deal of um cinematic releases I mean he's been in a few no he's more of a musician he. apparently yeah he was in mom uh which is a two thousand seventeen film which he's best known for before. All this so. oh was that the one uh i'm blanking on a name was that the one where the mum becomes like a serial killer or something uh i think so i'm not too sure um but he's only 26 oh no he's only Different 26 film. the guy um so fair play fair play to him i was thinking of ma. Ma, oh yeah, that's Ma, as in M A, as in like shorthand for mum. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh, overall, how did you enjoy the film then? Um. See, when I was watching it, because it covers a lot of the same things, as, and I'm seeing a lot of people say this now. Like after after I watched the film and I came to my own conclusion, I then went to see what other people were saying. Um. It felt. Like they were covering a lot of the same ground as Parasite, only I think Parasite did it a lot better. Yeah. Um, it's got obviously it's kind two, of two very different cultures, though. Yeah, it's the whole poverty to riches story, kind of, isn't it? So yeah, um, and it's like somebody like tr- basically using the blindness of wealthy people to infiltrate their sort of lifestyles and like try and further their life through it and stuff. Yeah, um, I it felt to me like parasite but delivered the same way that Wolf of Wall Street is yes and so you've got and like yeah. the voiceover, and like you know the guy's a little bit sleazy in some of the things that you do so you need to see like you need to see where he came from to this but it felt like only like the first act of Wolf of Wall Street like when the film ended like I felt like that should have been the halfway point like you saw him get to where he is and then you see him where he is but that's just segregated to like a minute at the end of the film is where mm. you see what his empire is um the empire is nowhere near as big as it led you up to believe at the beginning of the film like nah. at the beginning of the uh, film where you see him walking through like offices and everything and he's like constantly like drinking johnny walker and like lavish lifestyle and stuff like that and you're like okay this guy's like moved up in the world it's like he owns a small taxi company <laughs> yeah or what what looks like a small taxi. Company the thing well is, company. The, the thing is, is how how it's represented in this film is really interesting. How rich is kind of represented because yeah. what you would think rich in somewhere like the US, UK, Europe, kind of thing is very different. Like the cars that you drive is like you would drive like a sports car, or you would drive something like super fancy, super expensive. Yeah. Where in this film, that's represented by a nice looking SUV. That's, like, not necessarily a new... It's not like a Range Rover or anything, you know what I mean? Well, this is also set in early 2000s as well. Yeah, I know, but, like, it's still kind of that whole... Like, even if you would still have, like, them driving around in something like a sports car or or something or, like, a fancy car, but it's not, and it's, like, that whole... The whole thing of how it's represented. It's, like, how it talks about, like, the difference between... um, I think they talk, don't they, like, if if you went to if you lived in America and went over to India and you had like £10,000 in your bank, you would be a millionaire kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. it kind of It's kind of interesting how it has that, how it represents that in the film. Um, and I think that's kind of why it's like owning something like a taxi company is like a level of like, you have all these people that work for you. Uh, i don't know what yeah. he what he says he says he become not becomes the white tiger but it's like you have you become the something or or you are the something you have the slave and then you have your own slaves and stuff and that's just the like the way it is over there and um, but it's like yeah. it was a whole thing they of talk like, about master and slave a lot is like like that's how they define everybody whether they are a slave or a master like that's how they refer to everyone and stuff like that like they, that that's a repeated theme. Is like obviously it there is like heavy issues with slavery and the class system and stuff like that, um, and the caste system, especially in India as well, uh, yeah. which I don't really know much about. So this was interesting. Like this this film definitely captured me, and it it was enough to sit through and watch and everything like that. I wouldn't say it was like breathtaking or anything like that, but it was really interesting, and it kind of makes me want to watch. Um other films that explore these things more or maybe like documentaries and stuff like that. Um it definitely gave you like a foothold of knowledge into it to then explore more. What would you give it out of ten? Um probably like a seven. Mm-hmm. Seven point five, maybe. I think that's about fair. That's about um, what I would have gave it. Yeah. I think it had everything there to be like a phenomenal film. I just don't think it it quite had the same impact as some of the other films that we've referenced Mm -hmm. Um, yeah Um, So we'll probably now move on and talk about some of the things that happen in the film more specifically. Um, So if you are wanting to go check out this film, make sure you go check it out now and then come back. Uh, Time codes are below, as always, so that you can skip back to the spoiler parts and avoid them as well. Uh, But at this point, we will spoil parts of the film. Um, Right, is there any bits of this film that you want to talk about specifically that happen um like the the big the big thing in the film is obviously how he um you start to get the red bag a lot you know what i mean and it starts to tease this thing about how um he can he can use he he gets put in a a really bad situation where he basically takes the fall for a a car crash that kills a kills a child in the streets right um and then he kind of then starts to take the brunt of it because he's he's a fall guy um, and that's mm-hmm. what they end up doing uh, and he's trying to then get out of that um, it's like he escapes one thing uh, by um, having to like donate the money back to his family um, but then he then has to escape another thing about how uh, he has to get out of this um, Rut that he gets himself stuck into just by trusting his masters and that's very much how they look at it they they trust them and make sure they know they'll, they'll look after him and he was just he always yeah. says in the film he's a good slave you know what i mean and he's con he's self-aware mm-hmm. of that and that's what he always tries to be and then he starts to become this a bit like in parasite he starts to become this self-aware he knows he's getting done over kind of thing um, and that's where then he takes advantage when he knows that there's that big cash deal going down with the red bag, and then he kills Ashok. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that killing scene was uh, quite tense. To be fair, I quite liked how they kind of set that up. Um, it was obviously bound to happen, yeah. but it was just it was just really interesting to watch in terms of like um, how he kind of like he's constantly just like deciding whether or not he follows through on it or not right up until the last Mm -hmm. minute. And then he knows it's too late and he just, and he just sticks to it. Yeah. Um, I, I liked like how for me, the, the interesting parts were like, like you said, the interaction with him taking the fall. I liked him interacting with his family um, and seeing how their relationship grew as he started to learn more about the world and how his ideals changed um, and i liked the, his relationship well i didn't like it i liked the way it was portrayed was him with like the father figure of the rich family how he's constantly like rubbing his feet uh rubbing his legs and stuff like that and then how when he is taking the fall they bring him in and he's like, Oh, you're you're a member of the family now, like you're a brother to us. like you're like a son to me and stuff like this. Mm. And well, it's not just the father, it's the mongoose as well, which is the oldest son. Yeah. Um so, so uh, like the higher end of the patriarchy of the family. Mm-hmm. Um and I I liked seeing like I again, I didn't like seeing it. <laughs> I liked the way it was presented. Um how like you see him raise up like with this family, and they do start to like uh treat him better and stuff like that. And then he takes the fall and they're treating him like like one of a family, and then straight away as soon as they don't need him anymore, he's literally like rubbing his feet and kicking him over again and stuff like that. It's as soon as you get your worth out of them, they put them back in the place again. hmm And like that spoke a lot because it felt like there was like a progression in the film, and then like as soon as that point hit it dialed everything back and then you realize like it, he doesn't like rise up the family like he is going to be constantly pushed down and like this is what where the caste system comes into play in India it's constantly creating the cycle to keep this master and slave thing going like you're constantly creating the poverty gap so that they would have slaves for the masters to rule over yeah i liked the relationship between pinky and um as well in the film how like obviously she's brought in from the states she's brought in away Mm -hmm. from that culture and like she sees through the like just how things are um so like obviously when he's getting like mistreated by the father head like you said and stuff like that where he's like rubbing the legs and stuff and how she's like there's that bit where after he takes the fall and she's like disagreeing with it Then he comes in and starts doing it, and then he stops, and then he kicks him and tells him to keep doing it. And she then Mm -hmm. like flips the lid, and and it it's almost like kind of it almost like acts upon what how we would feel with that. It's like why are you doing that? And yeah, it it brings the Western sensibility to it, doesn't it? Yeah, Um, although she is she is like a daughter of Indian parents, but she was raised in America. So she's been raised with like a mixture of both ideals, the uh, the West and the East. Um, yeah. So she is like the Western audience, uh, audience's like lens into this world. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I thought she did a great job, like presenting, like sort of like she she wanted to be involved and like respect it all and stuff like that, but she didn't agree with certain things, and she would fight for that. And it's only until like when things start to go tits up that she's like, I cannot support this side of it anymore. Uh she yeah. had to literally she had to take a stand instead of sitting on the fence. Yeah. Uh um, like, unless there's anything else you want to talk uh, about. It kind of wraps the film up a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah. Um I I really liked whenever he was interacting with his grandmother. I thought they were great. Um yeah. and that was an interesting thing as well how like they were in poverty uh but like the grandmother was still like like most of the time when you see poverty depicted in film and stuff like that, it's like, there's definitely a class gap and it's the upper classes, keeping the lower classes down and stuff. But then like, you see that like, not everything's sunny within the lower classes as well. Like the grandmother definitely doesn't treat the rest of the family properly and stuff like that. And she is like taking money off him when like, obviously they need to give money to support the family and everything like that, but she's got the money, but she won't use it to help the family and stuff like that. She's doing it to marry the kids off and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and he still feels downtrodden, even by his grandmother and stuff like that. That was an interesting dynamic that you don't see really in anything that does anything like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, yes, yeah, I thought but, it was a good yeah. film. It was just sort of, I think it just sort of stumbled over its feet a little bit and didn't nail the landing. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it. I don't think it blew any doors down. You know what I mean? I don't think it. No. But it was just enjoyable. It was it's good it was a good watch and it's an interesting take and probably kinda probably kind of educates us a little bit on how things are in different parts yeah. of the world. So what I've heard as well, this director and writer he wrote the screenplay and he directed it. It's uh, Ramin Barani. Mm-hmm. Um so I've seen part of 99 Homes which is like a, a film set in the US with Andrew Garfield and Michael Shannon in it um that's to do with like the wealth gap in America and like the recession and stuff like that so he does tackle these themes a lot and he has done other films set in India and set in like the Middle East and stuff and from what I've heard his other films tend to do this a little bit better um, maybe it's because he was adapting a novel uh, I'm not sure it sat on 7.2 on IMDB which I would say is a perfectly fair score for this mm-hmm. um, 87% on Google 4 out of 5 from Empire um, 92% on Rotten Tomatoes at the moment mm-hmm. I definitely don't think it's 92% worthy Um but it is still early days for this film, mm-hmm. um, so you know, volatile. It, it, it could get there eventually. Volatile. Ninety-two uh, percent. Yeah, ninety-two percent. So it's certified fresh from the critic reviews. Audience score is eighty-one percent. Um, I watched Mark Kermo's review on this as well. Like he said a lot of the things that we said. Like. There's a lot of amazing stuff there, like he was like overall positive on it as well, which we are um, yeah we are. it's uh, it's still uh, definitely worth a watch, Stefan like I said, it made me more interested in this theme to discover it more, especially I don't know if you've been keeping up with the news and stuff like that you've got um all the protests and riots from Indian farmers at the moment and stuff mm-hmm. how the um the government have passed a law that could inflict with the minimum sale value of crops and stuff like that which is only if things carry on the way they are, it's only going to increase the wealth gap between the poor and the rich yeah. and stuff like that. So it is a very timely film as well. Um, mm-hmm. So with this going on in the world and then this film coming out, it definitely makes me want to explore the subject a lot more yeah, to educate it's, myself. It's appropriate timing as well to uh, educate people on it and get people reading into yeah. it and stuff. So Cool. Uh, I think gonna... it's definitely a good gateway. Yeah, we're going to wrap it up there because we've been going on for quite a while. Um yeah, make sure... Let us know what you thought. Make sure you let us know what you thought of uh, the White Tiger. Let us know what you thought of the Golden Globe nominees as well. Who do you think is going to win? Who do you think is going to take it? Do you think there's going to be a sweep this year? Let us know. Uh, and other than that, make sure you're following us, checking us out on the socials. Uh, we have another podcast, Get Real Gaming, which our friends Richard and Lawrence host. Uh, they are... Very, very knowledgeable around video games and video game news. Uh, You may also notice that we've started posting more news articles um, on Instagram. Let us know what you think of them. And, yeah, uh, the socials, you can check us out at GetRealPod, and you can email us, GetRealPodUK at gmail.com. Chris, how can people help us out with the podcast, and how can people support us? Best way to support the podcast, Sam, leave us a rate and review on whatever podcast network or platform you're listening to us on uh follow us on spotify leave us a five-star review on apple Podcasts. if you go to PodChaser, leave us a rating review on there we'll syndicate it to everywhere that hosts our podcasts apparently uh the best way though just share us out with your friends uh share us on your instagram story when you see us post a photo or something like that tell two friends about us and get somebody get somebody else listening to us um but yeah thank you for listening to another episode guys we've been doing this over a year now we've hit our second award cycle so get ready for more award stuff let us know what you want us to cover in the future because there is a lot of stuff starting to come out now on different streaming services so if you guys tell us what you want us to cover we can prioritize what we watch and stuff like that and talk about it um but yeah thank you so much guys and sam do you want to say a final goodbye And we'll see you next time. Wash your damn hands. Stay safe. Bye.